Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And we have a hot one this week, Young Me. You know, I, I, I said like a few weeks ago, I was really excited because we had such great guests lined up. I'm just like, I'm like, just like so excited because this is like, to, of, of course, we have a wonderful guest today, but it's just like, I feel like we're in our like, our like groove, you zone. know what I mean, Brian? See, yeah, before we were lying. We were lying when we yeah, said we had we some hot it. guests lined up, but <laughs> it's actually happening now. <laughs> and we're going to introduce her right away because we have a new format. We just get to the meat of the podcast. Patreon shout outs are at the ends. Just a reminder. So, but if you want, if you're eager, you're on top of your stuff. And you, you're like, oh, I really want to know how I can support this podcast. 20 seconds into it, you can do so at <laughs> patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And Spotify does reviews now. Please give us five stars on Spotify. Please. It takes you five seconds. Leave us five stars on Spotify, on Apple. We're competing against Hillary Duff now and Paul Rudd's podcasts. We need all the help honestly, that we can get. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, honestly, the reviews are, are better than money. But we like money too. But but I swear to God, I I like the reviews mean mean more. I'm just kidding. Give us the money. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But in any case, uh, Young Me, I, I think it's time to introduce our guest. Let's do it. Here Let's we go. Let's do it, listeners. You're in for a treat. Uh, your guest this week is a puppeteer and the voice for the first Asian American Sesame Street Muppet, Chi Young. Everyone, please give your ears to Kathy Kim. <laughs> everybody. Thanks for bringing me on your awesome podcast, you guys. Woo! Hi! Woo! Hello. Thanks for being here. I'm really, I'm really excited to interview you. I don't know if this is if this is true. Tell me if this is not true, Kathy. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of the puppeteers for Sesame Street, even when they do interviews, they like go on as character. And I feel I'm always like, who but who are you? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I feel true. like I'm really yeah, I'm excited to talk to you, Kathy. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, puppeteers kind of we, we like our anonymity. I think it's like one of the things that attracts us to the art form, right? Mm. Mm. So the right. opposite I of see. comedians. Whereas comedians yeah. we have no skills, but want all of the attention. <laughs> we just, we're, that's how our, that's how we are mentally ill. I'm like, does anyone want to see a picture of my butt? <laughs> I really, really feel like showing everyone a picture of my genitals today. I'm like, it's just like, why? I don't know. Here are my thoughts. <sighs> And I'm funny. <laughs> and I'm gonna force them upon you. I mean, none of us are none of us in the the performing arts are perfectly mentally healthy. I mean, I think we can all admit to that. <laughs> I can only communicate through no a comment. fuzzy thing. I don't know. It's like we, we all got our stuff, man. Wow, oh, we're getting to the hard hitting truths. <laughs> communicating through a fuzzy thing, a fuzzy thing that I, I'm trying to make like a funny metaphor, but I'm failing. I, I, I also communicate through a fuzzy thing. I'm just kidding. That's just about my genitals again. Uh, I have one I have one joke and I'm really sticking to it. My God. But you know, I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to cut everyone off because I want to ask Brian how he's feeling first because I want him to go first. Brian, oh, wow. how are you feeling? Oh, wow. I wasn't prepared for this. Um, let's see. <laughs> Speak from You're your heart. You're going to use my... You're going to use my portion to think about your answer, huh? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I was like Ooh. and not listen. <laughs> um, She's just going to complain again. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so let me Okay, so let me think here. How am I feeling? How I'm feeling um in this current moment right now, I am feeling 
very positive and uh i feel good i feel kind of giddy right now i don't know kathleen you oh. have a sorry i called you kathleen kathy you have a uh either you have, words. A, you have like a you have an infectiously uh positive bright energy and i think i'm feeding off of that a wow, little bit wow that makes me feel good <laughs> um yeah so right now i feel great it's great uh however I've been tr- so I've been trying this. Uh, gosh, I'm I'm gonna embarrass myself. So I've been trying this new thing lately. <gasps> yes. For yeah. For the past six days, I've been gluten free. <laughs> oh no! Oh, Why? No, it's a problem. We lost Brian, everyone. Why? We lost Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's it's at this point, it's become a uh, recurring theme of this podcast. Is uh, I, Brian's digestion? Yeah. So mm. I I have like. IBS flare-ups here and mm-hmm. then, but it's all connected for me because I've noticed that any time that my stomach goes off, then I have a lot of panic attacks and my anxiety flares up. And uh, yeah, right now I feel really, really great. Um, but mm-hmm. I can say earlier this week, I, I definitely was experiencing some bouts of anxiety, which prompted me to like do something tangible as in, let's like cut this thing out of my diet and just see how yeah. I feel feel uh yeah i don't know i'm not yeah we'll see yeah yeah can i ask you something because i know through your ibs journey and i think this (laughs) is important because i know (laughs) 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 sounds so romantic (laughs) i think this is important because i know a lot of people that suffer from this and i i'm i like i'm failing to sort of because you told me that you're uh prescribed medication that was sort of like yeah. Psy- psychiatric medication. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. W- what is the tie? Because I, I know there's all these studies about gut health and you know yeah. like your your mental like state and stuff like that. Now, yeah, w- what's the tie between the IBS and the mental well, state? Because like you, you were saying, it was anxiety which led to you like trying to change your diet. Like, can, can you explain that a little more? Just because yeah, I don't know so about it. I don't think I talked about it on the podcast yet, but um. You know, I went to a doctor about this and they prescribed me of like the lowest of the lowest dosage of an antidepressant. And I had never ah. taken psychiatric medication before. So I was a little bit reticent and nervous to do it. And mm-hmm. um, the doctor was like, you know, you have anxiety, but it also the side effect of it is that it will regulate your um, bowel movements or like your IBS. Mm. And he said, and so I did and I felt a lot better, but I only did it for the medication only lasts like 30 days and I didn't want to like prolong it because I just wanted to see like, okay, once I wean, let's wean off of this and see how my Mm. body equilibrates. And there's a lot of connection between the two because the doctor told me like no one really knows for sure what the actual singular underlying cause for white people might experience like IBS. And, but Mm -hmm. a lot of it is psychological and because Mm. your, your gut has the second largest like cluster of neurons in your body aside from your brain right i've heard that wow yeah. brain, is it like brain what like brain gut, cells like my, or something like, yeah they're like brain Sorry, cells that's, the, basically. that's not the right word so it's yeah, like there's okay. like a huge like mind gut <laughs> connection yeah and you know i yeah, have I've friends who are like gung-ho about gut health because it, they feel mm. like sharper and clearer and um it, it really aids with their like mental clarity but uh for mm-hmm. me personally I've the connection has just become like very clear. Once I went to a doctor and they like diagnosed me with something, pointed it out, and yeah, yeah. And that's when I started to notice like, 
okay, like when I feel like I have these flare ups or these episodes, that's mm. when I like I don't like that's also when I'm like, oh wow, I'm having like I'm feeling really anxious and uneasy right now. And uh, yeah, so that's why I, I mm. that's what prompted me to like maybe make these concrete changes to my diet to see. Yeah, it's oh, absolutely, but it's all psychological and it's spiral and like it, it it's all in a way it can be self. Um, it, it becomes this positive reinforcing like psychosomatic? feedback loop. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's so like y- you know I told I said at the end like it was getting in the way of my daily life, which is when it prompted mm-hmm. me to go to the doctor because I'm like I don't want to have to live life where I'm constantly worrying about how my stomach feels twenty four seven, and. That that right. in and of itself becomes like, you know, you're because that you're becoming anxious about that thing. So I just need I to like yeah. exist, and that's that's like the, the 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 best situation, best outcome is like when you're not thinking and you're just living moment to moment. And yeah, yeah. I just want to say two things. I I know you probably don't want to hear this, but I think you know when you you were on the medication that one month, you were telling me it was a lot better, and I was yeah, yeah. wondering, you know, like. And you were just like, well, I'm just going to like stop taking it. And I, it seems to me that after you stopped taking it, it got bad again. So I don't, I'm, I'm not has, a doctor. So I don't right. know. If, like, it has. No, it but that's like something. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's overall, I'm much better than I was mm, before. I see. I see. Right. Like okay. it's just episodes that like maybe like once one day every like two weeks or so. Whereas prior to even going on medication, I was like, every single day was, a, mm. fu- it fucking was terrible. And I was like, well, this is so debilitating to my life. So, yeah. And so, yeah. So the gluten-free stuff, have you seen like a marked improvement? Or do you think it's too early or what? What's going I think on it's on? too early to tell. I think I, I was just going right. to try it for like a two weeks and then reassess and see i I figure like yeah it sucks i love fucking love bread i'm quickly realizing that gluten is in literally anything that's delicious i know um but but yeah yeah. overall that's just how i've been feeling i'm kind of going through this uh internal like software reboot (laughs) for lack of a better term but um yeah i i also cut out gluten um before because of a like mental health thing because i have really severe depression mm. and i was talking to i was talking to my therapist and i was like you know every i do these diets because you know i have like this uh eating disorder that includes like restrictive eating or whatever this is getting very deep already but um <laughs> like so i would do these like no carb diets and i told my therapist i was like i always feel like i'm in a better mood and she was like you know you might have a sensitivity because apparently the gluten even if you're not allergic causes inflammation and like Mm. brian said there's a lot of like neurons and stuff and that triggers depression like inflammation of your Mm. digestive system triggers depression and there's like studies now proving that and i know everyone makes fun of gluten allergies i fucking did it when i do it too all the time i'm making fun of myself but but i i'm like i'm like a conspiracy theorist i (laughs) i always feel like there's there's legitimacy behind it but the american public there's this like comedians and stuff make fun of it because it's like propaganda fueled by big wheat you know general mills wow so this entire so this entire time we could, when I was making yeah. fun of people with gluten allergies, 
I could have been making bank from Kellogg's and I've just been a yeah. bad business person. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, it makes sense because they they own the like food industry and they're multi billionaires and like everyone thinks that gluten allergies are BS, huh? And I'm not even saying gluten. <laughs> Gluten is bad. I'm just saying, like, if you look at processed food in America in the last hundred years, they oh, fucking yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. They Frankenstein the shit. Not not that I'm against GMOs because I think that's stupid, but like it's they're they kind of fuck with the food. And so what yeah. we're eating is very processed. And it, it makes sense that in two, three generations we all developed like allergies and weird reactions to their really weird shitty food general mills i'm like, on to you like yeah. young me you're a mom do you remember like kids having this many like peanut allergies like when we were kids as there are now like i feel like yeah i always you know you're not even allowed peanut to allergy eat peanut butter thing. into most schools now so the peanut allergy th- I, this is another i swear to god i know some of it's probably real but some of it i think is their fault like it's i think it's a processed food issue that they fucked Mm. up with our food and now we all have weird reactions to it and they're hiding it because they're all billionaires but the (laughs) peanut allergy thing is i swear to god we're laughing now but wait until no processed uh, food is we don't know what the ramifications are but uh, brad i i support your gluten uh what you call it break theory because like i feel like i feel like there's no harm in cutting it out for a couple weeks because i've i mean i'm i don't have a gluten thing maybe i do i don't know but like i i feel like uh i've had a lot of friends who are like i have so many stomach problems and then they stop eating gluten for a couple weeks and they're like Oh my gosh, it was the gluten. And it's like not just yeah, stomach yeah. problems, it can be skin yeah. problems. Like right. there's yep. so many things that can go wrong. Like if you have like a gluten intolerance. And it's like if you feel like you have like some weird health issue, like there's no harm in just yeah. cutting it out for a week just to see. But I do, I do know for a fact that stress impacts our body in physical ways. I've seen it happen. Right. Like it's yeah. absolutely connected, yeah. Yeah. That that sums up how I feel right now. I feel <laughs> great, but I'm at this intersection where I'm really um, studying closely, like the mind body connection that's going on within me. Good for you. Thank you. You're really like yeah. being active and resolving this issue because a lot of people will have health I- health issues and then they'll just like live with it. They're like, my stomach hurts every time I eat. I guess that's just how it, <laughs> how it's gonna be forever. You know? Oh yeah, so, that's what uh, our parents taught us to do. Like, like just just oh, tolerate sure. it. You know? <laughs> it's very. Oh, that's funny. That's related because I I am allergic to certain things and I never knew until I was an adult <gasps> because my mom was just like, shut up and eat it. Just you know, eat like, it. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And then oh. I'd be like, my stomach always hurts. And then I, as an adult, I like, but then this is so funny because as an adult, I was like, well, my my mouth itches when I eat cantaloupe mm. uh, since I was born. Yeah. And, and like, I do have this gluten sensitivity. And so I, you know, I like restrict stuff. And then my, I told my mom about it and she was like, oh, it's because you're in America. They brainwashed you. Like you've never had these allergies before. And I was like, mom, I was like, throwing up all the time oh as a kid. Like, my did that gosh. ever like, click with you? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, all Korean moms gaslight to like a degree, but it sounds like your mom is especially good at it. <laughs> it was so fun. I was like, yeah, was oh, I'm pretty sure I was allergic all my life. Oh, my gosh. Um, but how are you feeling, young me? Um, so I am, well, it's another body thing. It's like this body function thing that's really pissing me off. So I I haven't said this on the podcast, but I'm going on vacation for five days and I'm just going to go to Miami. And I feel like it's like, obviously I'm COVID being very COVID safe. I, I literally have to take these fucking rapid tests, like every fuck every other day. Cause Mm. you know, my son's in school and stuff. 
And I'm obviously I'm going to take a PCR or whatever. Um, but also it's like Miami, like they have a bunch of COVID there and like whatever, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll try to, you know, whatever. But, um, this is another body thing because I, what I have like a, I've never talked about my, per- I never talk about my period cause I always feel weird about it, but I have a very weird period cycle. Like oh, it, bummer. every week it comes like either the range is like. 15 days that it could come like it come it could come between 25 days or sometimes 40 days <gasps> so so i tried to track it and it, it was like i was supposed to have my period like two days ago and then that would have mm. been perfect because i'm leaving in two days oh. but then it hasn't come now yet, you're just waiting it's making me so angry because oh. i'm like i fucking can't depend on this fuck it's gonna be me on vacation the entire time having my fucking period if it doesn't come like right now and then I'm now I'm just like sitting there, just like squishing my like abdomen, like come on, like, oh. you know what I mean? It's so annoying. Well, it's just like if there's like a big range, maybe it'll wait until after. I know, but let's be honest here. It's gonna come oh, right I when know. I get on the fucking airplane, oh, I'm and so it's gonna sorry. end like literally on the last day of my fucking vacation. It's gonna be me lying in bed eating fucking cheese puffs. Oh my god! I'm being bloated on the beach. Days being yeah being bloated like i don't want to oh go outside. my gosh you know? I, oh my god i'm that sorry that sounds awful that anxiety sucks alone so sucks even if like even if you get it today or you get it after it's just like the worrying yeah. and like you feel like you can't plan stuff oh i hate it i'm so sorry and that you know stinks. like for you know like if you're a woman listening to this or if you're somebody that has periods listening to this like you can alter it like you can take birth control and i was like mm. thinking of doing that but then i was like oh no it's gonna come perfectly it's gonna come fucking one week before and it didn't because that's my fucking stupid p- <sighs> and now i'm like i should have just fucking did the fucking birth control pills uh, i'm so i'm so i don't know why this is really upsetting i'm crossing my fingers just, for you and your and your uterus i'm I'm crossing my fingers. Thank you. Yeah. I'm that it's like these stupid things that just, you know, th- they feel very small, but it's just like it really like it's just annoying. It's like out of your control and I feel like Brian and I have like similar stories this week where it's like your body is doing something and you know, you we like to I think humans like to think of ourselves as like we're intelligent beings, but we're just like meat fucking puppets. Yeah. <laughs> P- theme is muppets, meat puppets. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> our bodies just do whatever the fuck and then and then we have to sit there and like deal with it so i'm feeling very like just gonna punch punch my if you see me punching my <laughs> uterus you know what's going on oh, man. Uh, do how some about crunches. you kathy how are you feeling yeah i feel like i should be talking about a body thing but i don't know i'm i'm no, excited and i'm a little nervous as uh, that's like usually like the cocktail that's inside is just like slightly nervous and excited <laughs> it's like because like i feel like i've been doing a lot of um you know, interviews and press and talking to like, you know, white people about representation and like talking to lots of, you know, lovely sound bites and things. And so on one hand, it's cool to talk to you guys and already have like a baseline setup of like, we get it and be able to talk Mm -hmm. real. But then on the other side, I'm like, how real are we going to get? And so (laughs) I'm just like, uh, yeah, just a little jumble of nervous and excited. We want to talk about body stuff. My sleep has been all sorts of weird for like, I think it like, like it's always been weird, but since like COVID in this past year, it's been all, yeah. it's just been all fakakta. Like I'll pass oh. out. Like, it's like, I have no, like, you know, people who are like, well, it's 10 o'clock. It's time to do my nighttime routine. And like, 
I've oh never God. been one of those people. I need to pass Sociopaths. out where I am. Like that's <laughs> yeah, how yeah. I fall asleep. <laughs> I can't like, plus like it got worse. So I'm a, I'm a cancer survivor as well. And so oh, like wow. during that, like if I was like in a dark room and it's quiet mm. and I will myself mm-hmm. to close my eyes and just, oh, God. it freaked me out. I, I like, I needed to like oh. be in the middle of doing something until I pass out, either watching something or being on my phone or something like that very unhealthy and so now my weird sleep cycle has been passing out putting my daughter to bed because it's like nice and cozy and then I wake Mm -hmm. up at like you know anywhere between like two and four in the morning and then I'm like oh I had all this stuff that I had to do I should respond to these emails and then I'm just up because I'm like yep because I'm up and secondly I'm like I just have this quiet world where I could just exist and it's just, I don't have to answer to anybody. I can like binge on like TikTok or just like Mm. watch them like, you know, get lost in like a YouTube K-hole and like (laughs) just no one will bother me or talk to me right now, you know? And it's just like my one little quiet place. So we're talking about body stuff. That's like my sleep has been completely irregular and I just like want to be one of those people who like put on their cute, like fluffy headbands and like do their skin routine and like, yeah. you know, like read a couple pages of their like, you know, fancy book and then like, you know, go to sleep. But yeah, I've never been one of those people. Those are, I swear to God, those are sociopaths. Do you want to hear? So this is the thing. <laughs> my, no offense if that's your life. I'm, I'm jealous, but, um, my, this is my thing. My sleep also did that during the pandemic. And mm. my sleep also sort of did that when I had my son and he was very a oh, baby. And now I sort of feel like maybe that's natural. It's a mom like, thing. I, it, somebody called it. There was an article. It was like uh, revenge insomnia or something like that. Because it's like, and moms especially oh, you do want your it. free time. Yeah. yeah they're read, just like, I, I know I'm going to be exhausted. Too. But I, this is just my me time right now. It's like the only time of the it's day like where I can do it. reclaiming free time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. But well, you need your sleep. It's like, it's so health. It's like so important to your health. But, and I know that I'm like screwing myself over for the next day. I know I am, but I can't not no, but do it. I see. This is what I think. I think the natural, this is also another fucking crazy theory that I have. I, I, think <laughs> I love humans it. Now, this is, I'm going, I'm going straight up going Joe Rogan full this week. Joe Rogan. Yes, you be the theorist. Asian Joe Rogan took, for us. I took some DMT yesterday and now I see everything. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that humans are supposed to sleep like, because this is how my slept turned into during the pandemic. I think you're supposed to sleep like 10 to 3, wake up for two, three hours, and then it's like, seven to like 11 i think you're supposed to do two shifts what, that's what? Someone, what i me. saw an article that like someone who was I doing like research that. about the middle ages said that that's how people yeah. used to sleep and like he only that's found that my out body through, does, like naturally he went through like old like court re- like uh reports and there was uh-huh. like and, and it's not like you know there was like some book about like how humans sleep but it was like he found that like through these like court reports or people being like, well, mm-hmm. I don't know where my husband went at this hour. I mean, I do know that my before my second sleep, you know, he was in the bed with me. <laughs> but, you know, and so then he started getting into it. And it turns out that wow. during the Middle Ages and it's maybe it's like an industrial era sort of like, you know, at like, you know, it's invention. Capitalism. Yeah. Right. But because yeah. like. I think it goes back to like caveman days where it's like people wake up in the mm-hmm. middle of the night, take shifts and be like, let's make sure like a saber-toothed tiger is not going to kill us and that the fire is still going and then right. go back yeah. to sleep. But like, wow. yeah, like as soon as like, you know, as recent as like the Middle Ages, like people were like still doing, waking up in the middle of the night 
having a conversation yep. or having a snack or getting some stuff done or whatever, and then going back to sleep for a second sleep. So oh, that maybe amazing. we're not crazy. You know, I started yeah. thinking that because my body just naturally started doing that during the pandemic where it had no set schedule. And I was like, oh, yeah. this is what I want. This is what my body wants to do. So yeah. I just started going with it. Yeah. I swear to God. Wow. Yep. So when I wake up to my alarm and immediately shut it off and go back to sleep, I'm technically doing what our cavemen ancestors second going sleep. Into That's my right. second sleep. You're yeah. you're honoring our ancestors, Brian. Every time <laughs> you exactly hit the snooze button. What <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Yep. Second, second sleep. You're honoring like the very primal human in you, Brian. Honor that primal yeah. human. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no gosh. gluten. Just meat, raw meat. That's right. <laughs> that you kill our, yourself. You our ancestors yourself. didn't eat gluten. Wow, we're onto something here. This, mm. This does feel very Joe Rogany. I did not expect Kathy Kim to be the guest that we're, oh God. That we're gonna Please switch us into Joe Rogan me. territory. Oh my God. And that is not the legacy I want to leave on this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> um well, okay, so we switched our format recently. I well, I don't know when we're gonna stop saying that, but yeah. uh, I, I hope hopefully now everyone knows. But so we switched our format to include like this question um so we have just a bunch of questions that we want to ask you but the first one is something that we just want to know about you mm. so you kind of touched on this earlier oh that was before we started recording yeah. so the the audience doesn't know doesn't know but you were like <laughs> you were talking about like puppeteering and who gets into puppeteering and what kind of people are involved um and i how i see puppeteering i i see it as this like very different kind of art than you know like stand-up comedy or musicians or actors where you as a creative are like hidden yeah and you know like i said in the beginning of the episode a lot of times these puppeteers will go on shows and they'll talk in character so you never see this person and um i I, this might be me like generalizing asians but i see a lot of asian people uh that are like very successful or in fields creative fields that are like this whether it's animation or you know voice acting or Mm. maybe not so much puppeteering but other similar kinds of creative work where there is like sort of like uh uh like an element of being hidden behind um, something. Um, do you do you think that do you think that like there is any aspect of Asian culture or like in yourself that uh, something about you being Asian that made this type of thing alluring to you as a creative, or do you think that's just like I'm seeing something? I don't know. I mean, I will say, though, that it's true when, like, say, a Sesame Street character goes on, like, Jimmy Fallon or something like that. It's usually the the puppet character. I think, mm-hmm. like, I, as a human, as Kathy Kim, have been doing a lot of interviews. I, I think, like, it's um, it's a nice story that there's, like, representation behind the first Asian-American Muppet. And, like, mm-hmm. the idea that when I was a kid, I loved Sesame Street but never saw anybody like me either on TV or behind the scenes and that I get to do this now, I think it's like a nice story. And so um, it's true. Like you don't usually, I don't think, when I think back on like other new characters that they've like rolled out, I I feel like I've definitely done the most like on camera, uh, you know, appearances as as myself. And I think it's because of that that connection and the representation that like Sesame is like so proud to bring now. But like as an Asian, I mean, I don't know. Like I, the thing that appeals to me with like puppetry is like it's this immediate tangible 
um, animating of an inanimate object. You like literally take something that is just an inanimate object and you make it come to life. And, you know, mm. I don't know, like I, I never thought about that, that connection with animation and, you know, uh, other sort of like media that like Asian, Asian people like are drawn to. I feel like at least in like America, it feels mm-hmm. like a nice, quiet way of controlling the the total narrative, you know, in a way that maybe mm-hmm. we're not able to do. Like as like an Asian woman in America, people mm-hmm. see me and they they already have like, you know, expectations of what that is, right? And you guys right. both know that like we're like this combination, right, of this like reluctant acceptance of that or this like mm-hmm. or and this rebellion against that like mm. check it out i am loud and gross and sloppy i am not who you yeah. think an asian woman is right like that's right. been me too mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. with puppets like you know this past year i was on uh you know aquafina's show Nora from queens mm-hmm. as this big purple mm-hmm. character and I was on this uh, Apple TV Plus show Helpsters where we get to do one-off characters and like the yeah. fact that like where else would i be able to play like a big hairy like you know male aggro character or like an old lady or like a little girl or a chicken you know and so i think that like i have not seen a lot of asian americans in the kind of puppetry that i do there's like right. a few but there i mean i could literally list them on my hand like the ones that i at mm-hmm. least know of right now but it is like for me like such a cool way to perform where there is like an anonymity and mm-hmm. you can sort of be anything outside the you know stereotypes of what people might put on you and so mm-hmm. i think for like animation and stuff it might be the same thing and i know a lot we were talking about like comic books before right like i know a lot of korean mm-hmm. um comic creators and i right. think that it's the same thing where it's like this quiet you know, being able to sort of build a world, control a narrative, create these characters from nothing and be in control of like, you know, who those people are and what world they live in, you know, whereas like in regular everyday life, we've been sort of like, you know, um, having to, yeah, we have to, we exist in a world where we're sort of navigating like stuff that people expect, you know, of us. Um, That's so true. Yeah. You know, I think, I think an important distinction you made was, uh, this is your way of reclaiming a narrative within America and like Mm. subverting Mm. judgments because like Asians in Asia, there's an equal amount of like everyone's Asian. So there's going to be an equal amount of people working like in front of camera and like behind camera. But for in in America specifically, and as you mentioned, like as an Asian woman that comes with prejudices and prejudgments that may um, impede like your form of an, expression to the fullest extent so it Mm. it does make a lot of sense and i think it's really insightful what you just said i mean for like puppeteering specifically were you always like as a kid were you just did you gravitate towards it and has it just always been a through line in your life i mean not i mean yes and no i i loved sesame street back when i was growing up like you know like Mm -hmm. i learned english through sesame street like a lot of immigrant kids do and um i love the puppets um, and I was always like a fan of like Jim Henson stuff, you know, like a mm-hmm. lot of kids growing yeah. up in the eighties were, um, and then you would see those like behind the scenes stuff where it's like a bunch of people, you know, with their arms up over their heads and like these yeah. microphones on the head. And you're like, Whoa, it's all a magic Whoa. trick. That's so cool. And I, I was fascinated by it, 
And, you know, in like little moments in life, like at the lunch table, I would take like my scarf and I would make like a little puppet out of it or whatever, (laughs) you know, but I never thought this was something I could do or that I could pursue. It was not my world. And like the sort of soundbitey version that I give, like, you know, that I've given in interviews is that like, you see, it's mostly white men and you're like, well, Mm. this is not my world. That's their world. Good for them. (laughs) You know, I'll find something where I belong. Mm. But, you know, the longer answer is that also my parents would never let me do anything like that had to do with trauma club or performance. It was like, unless Mm -hmm. it fit on a college application, like it wasn't Mm. worth giving time to. And Mm. so, and that's like, you know, the sort of like mm, stereotype of that is like the, the strict Asian immigrant parent but the yeah. more the the more sort of like nuanced version of that is that they were just protecting us from what this what they knew that the system was was that like right. I don't see any Asian actors I don't see any Asian mm-hmm. comedians or you know yeah so like this is how you, you su- this is how you survive here you keep your head down you right. work twice as hard and you do something in a career line that is like you know has been established for you you know and so. Right. Like, I love puppetry. Yeah. Like, I, I really liked it a lot. And I still, you know, I, like, love Muppets and everything like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, even just, like, Sesame Street is what inspired me to go into production. Like, so mm. my regular human right. job was going into TV production because I really wanted to work in kids' TV. Um, mm. Yeah. And then there was, like, a big recession in, like, 2008, 2009. Everybody got laid off from their jobs. I was at Nickelodeon at the time. And then Mm -hmm. I landed on my feet in non-scripted or unscripted nonfiction reality TV. And that's where I Mm -hmm. stayed because, like, it just, like, boomed in New York City after that. I was like, well, this is what I do now. It's cool, you know. Um, But performing, like, I, you know, as far as puppeteering or performing at all, it was not, like, I wasn't, you know, I didn't do, like, drama club. Like, I didn't do any of that stuff, you know. It kind of found me way later. Yeah, it's so interesting that you came back to it, you know, like you're saying you wanted to do it. You you there was no room for you to do it, the puppetry. And then so you got jobs uh sort of like adjacent to it in the production industry and then like here you are now and that's like re- very amazing and I think, you know, for a lot of white people they're probably like, okay, who cares there's an Asian fucking Sesame Street character. But like the fact that when you started out you were like this is not possible and then here you are now. Um, I think that's like very, that's like huge, you know, and it's very special. But I just want to point out something really quick about what you said about it being a, a white man's mm-hmm. world. I remember those like Jim Henson behind the scenes specials where it was all like a smoking hippie dippy guy. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> just some scary, oh, they're such scary looking white hippie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah we're and, um, and I'll, yeah, like that's definitely like, yeah, I can't get a fucking job there. Like that, understanding that <laughs> feeling. But also, I think it's, in, I, I also, I just to say, it's interesting because puppet puppetry is an ancient arm, art form. And there are a lot of Asian cultures. That's, Absolutely. It's a huge part of their culture. You know, it's a huge part of like Japanese culture and Thai culture. And I, I don't even know if it's Korean, but prob- I don't, probably there's something like that somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. And it's just, it's so funny because, like, you know, your story is specifically that of an Asian American because, like, that might not be true for somebody that grew up in Asia because they would see Asian people doing that and would be okay with being, like, maybe this is something I want to do. You know, like, what I said, I think that what I asked, I kind of feel like my question was too biased, you know, I'm, I just want to be like, oh, like this is something I, I feel like I'm seeing where Asian people maybe want to be like behind the scenes. Mm. But after hearing your 
your answer, I think that makes so much more sense. Like, I feel like I, I put the question, I asked the wrong question, but you gave the right answer. Yeah. Which is like, <laughs> <laughs> which, cool. Which is like, yeah, like, like if you're an Asian person in, you know, living in a place like America where you, there is a, such a huge lack of representation to the point where you don't even think that you can do this creative thing. It might, no. it might cause you to um, maybe pursue an, you since something you know, safer. You are, yeah. If yeah. you're inherently a creative person, it might cause you to pursue something where you won't be on the front of it, which is obviously not your case, but like, but that that in itself is sad, but it's also very inspiring, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope, you know, yeah. it's it's great that Chiang is a character on Sesame now. But I, I also hope just by me being there, it's like m- maybe, you know, other East Asian, South Asian kids will, will be like, whoa, that's something I never thought of doing. But I like that, right. you know, and, yeah. and think that maybe that there is room from them there. I mean, every step of the way a white man has like ushered me and in, in like, you know, kind of opened the door and yeah. helped me get in. This is not like right. where, there the was like an Asian coalition of like performers who were like, we're going to do yeah. this together. It was like, literally I was working in my reality show job. My, I'm married to a, a white dude, his name is Brian. And he used to do a lot of like UCB improv and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so he found a class, mm-hmm. um, puppetry for improv, comedy improv. And he's like, you like okay. puppets. I like <laughs> improv. This is something we can do together. And so we took this class together the teacher, David Fino, he saw something yeah. in me. And so he took me on gigs and things like that. Like he opened that door for me too. And then like um, uh, Sesame were, uh, Sesame Street, where they they had like uh, every once in a blue moon, they'll do these like audition only workshops, these three day workshops. And they're, mm-hmm. it's kind of like to teach the, you know, people who want to learn, um, but that already have like a certain level. Um, yeah. But also it's kind of like secretly to scope out who's there. Who's like around. And so Mm -hmm. I, you know, the people in that class, they're like, um, we're all going to submit tapes. I'm like, none of us are going to get in you guys. Like, you know, Mm. and like the last second that the submission was like, you know, due, I was like, ugh. and it's not the kindest like reason motivation, but I'm like, I know I'm better than these guys at puppets. Like if they all get in, I'm going to regret <laughs> putting in a tape. Right. Right. And so yeah, I, yeah. you know, Brian, you know, again, my husband, he like pushed me into like, you know, he's like, let's do it. Let's do it. I got lights. Let's do this. You know? And so I submitted the tape and got in and like, it's just been, you know, I, and every step of the way I'm like, I, this is, I got to touch a Muppet at this workshop. What a dream come yeah. true. Well, goodbye. Back right. to my regular life. <laughs> and then they called, yeah. you know, some of us back in the next season to, you know, do a few days. I'm like, wow, that was a dream come true. Well, back to my, and then the next season they called a few, like fewer of us, to, you know, to do a few days. And and then mm-hmm. in 2017, I was, I don't know if you care about any of 2017, they started this mentorship program mm. and they chose like a hand of a, a handful of us. To, to focus on, to try and, like, groom us for, like, you know, as the next generation. And f- mm. for sure, like, I know other people who have been doing this for their whole lives. I feel like I tripped into this. I feel like mm. since I've, like, come into Sesame Street, I've been, like, tripping upwards, like, <laughs> since day one. Just, like, like, a, like, like a, do I belong here? Do I deserve to yeah. be here? I'm like, well, I'm going to learn and try to do my best. But, like, I I think you got the wrong guy. Every every. Freaking day that I've been on Sesame Street, I'm like terrified. So I'm like, you got the wrong guy. There's other wow. people here. Yeah, I but love truly, this tripping upwards like a true white man. Tri- <laughs> no, I was gonna, 
I was going to say this is the exact opposite of a white man because a white man will suck at everything and be like, yeah, I deserve this. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Like, meanwhile, you're doing great and you're like, I'm the worst. I'm the worst. You're like the it's, best in the class. No, it like, I don't know Definitely if it's imposter feeling. syndrome or, yeah, yeah, just tripping upwards like, oh, God, but like just Mr. Magooing through these last few years <laughs> and like feeling like I, I know that there's other people who are like technically better. They've been doing this longer. I started puppeteering right. in my 30s. Like there are people who've yeah. been doing this who came out of the womb like, I'm going to be a Muppeteer one day on Sesame Street, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, but those people are, the vibes are off with those people. The vibes, <laughs> Nobody wants vibes to hang out. Off. Vibes are so You know, you important. wanted it too much. You wanted it too much. <laughs> breathing down my neck. Nobody wants to hang out with you Just like wait lunch. a couple so, days before you call me back, dude, you know? But like, calm down. Yeah. Maybe you, you love puppeteering too much and we don't want to hang out with there's you. Other, there's other, because there's other things. And so I, but there is a part of me being there that has to do with like me being Asian, you know? And just like looking for that opening that door to other perspectives and stuff like that but um yeah was chiyoung uh an idea that was formed and i guess crafted through these workshops and like mentorship programs or no, did you or it was, was it like a formal like pitch process like at the end i didn't have anything to do with the formation of her oh, i oh, okay. yeah i mean like well i did in a way and um right. like la- in 20 20- 20, uh, they launched um, a few black characters to help teach um, anti-racism. And then mm-hmm. this last, and then last year, um, TAF, uh, the Asian American Foundation, they wanted to partner up with Sesame to do an anti-Asian hate special. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they like literally gathered like all six of us, like Asian people at Sesame Street in a brainstorm <laughs> where they talked to us about our perspective and what we would, you know, what's important to us. And while all right. the white people at Sesame Street, like watched and listened and, um, you know, by the end of it, we weren't sure whether or not we would want a puppet, uh, character. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's how we left it. And then in the summer, uh, they told me, well, we're going to have an Asian character and it's going to be you. And we're like, oh, whoa, cool. And I think that if we were going to launch an Asian American character, like one of the important things was that like she is specifically of a country and not just like monolithic Asian. Asia. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And so she's wearing a rice paddy hat and like uh, wearing a kimono. Oh, dude, I'm not not (laughs) even carrying a Korean flag. I (laughs) won't. I don't want to get people in trouble. I I won't even tell you what some of the early pitches were. Oh, we know. We already know. (laughs) We we already know. Puppeteering vibes are. are It's just like it was just gonna be a giant bowl of rice on a stick with like some googly eyes (laughs) on it, and it's like meet the new Asian character, bowing and apologizing. Just like look at bowl of rice. Like, oh, oh, she's back. No, no, come out here. It's okay. You can say hi. She's so shy. Oh my yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So we wanted her to be specifically Korean American. Oh um, and they because so it, but the thing is, like, if they had a Chinese American puppeteer that they had been training for the last few years, it, she would have been yeah. Chinese, you know. And so right, good. They had yeah. me already, and so. Me and, you know, a few of the Asian people who worked on the CS Coming Together, it was like the anti-Asian hate special that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. We definitely advocated to get our voices in there and make sure that like our representation was in there and that like she was a girl who embraced both sides. She like, you know, kicked some stereotypes, but also, you know, embraced like part of her culture, just like 
all of us are combinations oh of both, you know. Kathy, what? I would have, I would have loved. It would be so funny if I would, if I were like, if I were you, I'd be like asking the white people, no, no, you just come up with it. Let, let me see what you come up with. Dude. Just like fucking. <laughs> but they did. They they no. had it. It'd be like holding a calculator, being like, Anna, my family, and I'm like, no. <laughs> like I would laugh so hard. It wasn't that oh bad, God. but yeah, you know, it's like it's like most companies it's like a lot of well-meaning white yeah. people you know yeah. but yeah luckily we're also here to to sort of push our voices through as well but yeah it's, also, yeah. it's all growing also we, we're making fun of them but it, i think what you said is very important to note like and this is something i like to talk about when people ask me about what i'm doing about stop asian hate it's not up to us Mm. This is the work and, and the gatekeeping like the people that are gatekeeping are all powerful white men yeah. so when they decide when they decide to have an Asian character is when the Asian yeah. character will be there not us No. So, so if you're listening to this and you're white and you're like what do we do about Asian we have no power or say about Asian <laughs> representation no. so an old fucking guy has to have his college daughter that goes to Barnard say hey dad <laughs> you're racist do you know what I mean? Oh, guys. And by the way, you know, Ugh. like, and until that moment that it's not going to happen because they're the gatekeepers. It's and true. I think that's a very powerful, important, and you know, good and good on them for finally doing it. It's 2022. It's been 50 years, but they finally got the message. So. No, you're absolutely right. And that's why like a lot of like Asian Americans who've like reached out to me. It's like, it's not like this feeling. Like, well, finally, it's like, I never thought this would, I didn't even, this is a thing I never even thought to ask for. Because I, I would yeah. never would have thought it was possible. You know, that's how star yeah. for representation we've all been. And, like, I think, you know, it's like we've seen other Asian characters and, like, other kids shows and stuff like that. But to have this, like, establishment, this, like, 50-year-old establishment, you know what I mean? Bring in a character yeah. right. and have, like, freaking Elmo and Big Bird call, you know, like, ha- be friends with a girl with a hyphenated Korean name, you know, and have her just yeah. be yeah, an yeah. accepted friend on the street. It's, like, meant a lot because we never expected it. Never in a million years mm-hmm. would I thought that I'd be doing this too. Yeah. Little little spoilers. Can we expect more of Chi Young in future seasons? I don't know. I mean, like she, we're doing fifty three. I think it's. Uh, I think she's around to. St- I mean, like nobody. There's like no guarantee. Who knows? Like. Um, yeah. You know, there used to be so many characters when we were growing up, and and then curriculum yeah. and research found that like we need to like shrink down the cast, and so like other beloved characters have like kind of come and gone and like you know we see like some more than others or whatever as the seasons change so we'll see but for now i think you know chiang was introduced to you know address uh you know just the conversation around teaching racism teaching mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. racism to kids in like an easy way mm-hmm. and and giving tools to parents and teachers and all that stuff will kind of like live online but also to have her be established as just a kid, you know, just yeah. like a, just a kid um, yeah. who lives on Sesame Street. So she will be in uh, a bunch of episodes that we're shooting this season. Well, Kathy, uh, thank you so much for sharing your story and, you know, giving us a little peek behind the curtain into the inception <laughs> of iconic Sesame Street Muppet Chi Young. Oh, God. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we wanted to, you know, dive a little more and learn a little bit more about you. And uh, our next question for you is what is something that you're loving right now? Ah, we're getting to this portion of yeah. the new format of Feeling Asian. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I really <laughs> thought I, I, I can say. 
I feel like I've, my brain has just been all over the place and I like lately have just not had the discipline to like like things that I respect right now. I feel like. <laughs> and it's different from guilt, like guilty pleasures because I don't, mm. whatever, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. But like I'm literally mm-hmm. like taking in stuff that I'm like annoyed. Like I'm like, why am I watching this? You know, um, mm. like, uh, I don't know. Like, hate watching. Uh, I'm not even hate watching. I'm just kind of it's like not. passively watching. Like right now, I'm watching mm. Singles Inferno, the Korean reality show. Oh, I oh, can't watch that. Binged and it. I'm like, binged it. Binged I, it I'm halfway days. through. <laughs> uh, I have a kid, so I can't. But like, I like halfway through it, and I'm like, why am I? I have a lot of thoughts, and I have a lot of like opinions about it, and I have like no one to mm-hmm. talk to. But yeah, no. One thing, actually, one thing that I am loving right now is, um, uh. On Audible, they just uh, well not I don't what do you call it launched or they just dropped the the audiobook for the whole Sandman series like Neil Gaiman's Sandman Ooh. and it's nice. a million hours long because it's like all ten books and it's oh, wow. narrated by Neil Gaiman and they have like all these amazing actors like um, voice acting and mm-hmm. it's really it's it's. You know, and you think like, how is it going to translate as like a an you know like a visual thing translate as like an audiobook? But it's really good. Like, um, oh, it's wow. still as dark and, and evocative. Uh, so I've been enjoying that. But otherwise, like, I feel like I've been doing a lot of stuff where I'm like, why am I even watching those? Like, I like this like very mm-hmm. like love hate thing with K-pop also because that's like a thing mm-hmm. where you can kind of turn off your brain a little bit, but then you're yeah. just like icked out by some of the aspects of it and I'm like I yeah like I love it but I'm like like there's this new group I don't know how new they are I'm like so behind like I've um mm. I don't know them they have a I've song heard of them. it's it's called 11 and it's it's a really solid pop song and they're all uh-huh. you know gorgeous obviously and the choreography's great and then I find out that the youngest one is 14 years old and I'm like no oh. like I just are they teaching you Life and skills were, and, he was and your like favorite math. One. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't stand K-pop like that, but it's just yeah. like you know. I'm like, oh, so I have like a very love-hate relationship with K-pop. Like my kid loves wow. them. You know, it's like fun to dance to. Yeah, Mino loves it too. Oh, wow. sorry, fourteen, fourteen, oh. and I'm like, yeah. What life skills are you giving this beautiful, you know, talented girl for when she <laughs> ages out at like twenty three? You know, like, and so I just get a little. Yeah. It's love hate. It's love there's, hate. Yeah, there there's a lot of there's a dark side to K-pop. I know people really have dark. been trying to bring it to light, but there it's so scary because it's <sighs> it people, gets real. People die. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of I, I don't want to get too dark, but there's like a lot of like sexual abuse and stuff like that happen oh, yeah. happening to these little to these children and stuff like that and it's you know, and it's it's it happens everywhere. It happened to you know, it happens to American pop stars. You know, like yeah, sure, but it's, it's such a machine, industry, but, and it's such right. more of a machine in, yeah. in in Korea. And so it's like on one side, it's like wow, cool. We're like you know, culturally, we have like such an you know, we have like a different right. standing, you know, culturally uh, in the world now. But it's like at what cost? And like you know, <laughs> yeah. do they all think I we're just like, like skinny with- and and good at dancing? You know, like it's, it's like, sure, we're robbing yeah. them of their innocence, but come on, look at how good they dance. Though. They dance so good. Oh, <laughs> so man. many billions of views proud. on YouTube. 
but I, yeah, I I'm enjoy like, it. I'm conflicted with K-pop too, but I have to say, I remember my son, he's seven. He's, he was like listening to, so, like he was watching a music video and he's like, mom, why is K-pop so good? And I was like, <laughs> okay, I don't know, like it's speaking to him. So. <laughs> it's like, you're going to want to sit down for this one, you know, this is going to be yeah. a long answer. This is why they're so good. <laughs> you know what though? Like it's catchy yeah. as all heck. I, I definitely try to show yeah. Quinn, uh, that's my daughter, like, you know, she's into mm-hmm. BTS and I feel safer showing her BTS and being like, look like they're they're challenging all these like norms of like male right. Asian yeah. sexuality and stuff or even just like sexuality in general with their makeup and things like I, I'm there for it I'm here for it but ooh, some of the girl groups like I love them but it, it's like oof oof right, you right. know they just it's, it's like they it's just like they just groom behold. them to to exist for the male gaze like from you know like as yeah. soon as they hit puberty and it just uh, love and hate uh, it. Love and hate it's it. It's so it's so much kink. I know. I, I feel so scared saying that, but I think growing out of you know wh- when you you know like are socialized female growing up, you just think that that's the norm, like per- performing for the male gaze. And once you mm. like grow out of that and look back into it, you're like, this is all some fucking fifty year old guys kink, and that's all <laughs> we're doing. <laughs> we're all just that's living it, that's in it. it. Oh All my of gosh. us until we were 22 were just doing like, <laughs> like trying to get that guy's dick hard. It's so creepy. Oh, man. It's so weird. It's so no, sad. That's, that's okay. Um, that, so that that's what you're loving. That's what you're oh, loving. Sorry. Let's say Sandman. No, 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 Sandman good. by Neil Gaiman. Sandman. Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We love that. Um, I don't know if you answered. <laughs> this was part of your answer, but is there anything specific that you're hating right now? Oh, Kathy? that I'm hating. Yeah. I don't know. There's so much to hate right now. But like I'll tell you a stupid can I tell you a stupid thing that like yeah. the other day I'm like, yeah. oh maybe we're talking about this. Things. I I hate I hate I don't even know what the word is for it, but it's like um that kind of like meme language that people sort of rely on when they can't be funny on their own. Like I hate, mm. I was today years old when I found, like stuff like that. Oh, it's, that. Giving, it's giving funny. It's me. giving good response. Ooh, or just like, <laughs> I don't giving. know, what are, what are the other ones? Like, um, um, I did a thing. I, I don't I know. Did even a thing. Said no one ever. Oh, that. I did a thing. Said no one ever. Oh, you know what that th- that thing where it's like no one, absolutely no one, no one in the whole universe. Oh, me, oh, I'm such a weirdo. And I'm like, oh, it, it. I, I do that all the time. Like the thing is, like I feel like you know I've definitely look. We've all done some some trending whatever, like you know whatever yeah, vernacular before. We're all kind wow. of like in it. Kathy, but, Kathy woke up and chose violence. Everyone. <laughs> But that's also me. Some of those, <laughs> some of those. You woke I up and chose violence, and it's not funny. I don't like lazy humor. Is like lazy or fake, and I think that's the intersection of it. Right? It's just like yeah. it's yeah. from yeah. somewhere else, and you didn't even think of it, and it doesn't yeah. make any sense. I don't like I totally, lazy I'm, and I'm fake with you humor. On it. It, it flattens yeah, yeah. originality. Yeah, it's either be original yeah. or be natural or be you know be yourself. It's like that's that's the best stuff you know when you click into that. But yeah, yeah. I think that again, it's like so many big world There's, global things to hate. But right, <laughs> I I'm like I mean I'm, I'm sure you guys have talked about all of it already. So no, it gets in your craw because you, everyone is online all the time now, and yeah. so when you see this shit over and over again, you're like, shut the. Fuck. Uh, it's oh not a God. big problem, but it's like I'm seeing it like 20 times a day. Like, yeah. Right. Shut up. Yeah. Right. Shut I'm, up. I'm, I'm very much someone who I, I 
I like having a distinction between the two, like online persona, online behavior, and then in real life. But then, you know, I'll walk through East Village and hear people like yelling out TikTok uh, slogans that are trending at the moment. I'm like, I fucking hate this. Okay. I want there to be like a distinction. This is like, everything's blending together. I don't want this happening. It's inevitable. It's going to happen with the fucking web 3.0 and metaverse. But like for what we have right now, like let's just enjoy this while it lasts. Like we don't have to bring in online trends Mm. and online life into the real world yet. I see that. I feel like there's a time and a place. I don't know. If, like, I had something stuck in my teeth and my friend goes, sometimes, what is it? Sometimes my lip gets stuck on my teeth or one of those, like, weird, I don't know, I'll giggle. Um, like a well-timed, a well-timed TikTok That's reference. Funny. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah. Sometimes it lands. Sometimes it lands. I don't know. Like I don't know. Yeah, sometimes it lands or sometimes, like, a meme. It be I your think own can... teeth sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it be your own it's teeth. It's fine. It do be yeah. like that. <laughs> it, you uh, know what? As it turns out, we all learn that sometimes it do be like that. Yes. <laughs> um, it do be well, like that. we're on to our juicy question here. Oh, God. And for listeners, if you want to hear Kathy's response to this, you're going to have to check it out on Patreon. Well, Go to patreon.com slash feelingasian. Uh, and Kathy, without further ado, what is something that you're ashamed of? I... You know, I went back and forth about whether or not I wanted to <gasps> reveal my most biggest shame. And so you guys can tease this too. Get that biggest money. Shame. Because, I mean, this is literally something I didn't tell my husband until we were, like, married a couple of years. Because it was, like, my biggest shame <gasps> as a Korean-American. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Uh, you know, we asked you what you were ashamed of, and it just turned into a very uh, fascinating, discussion. fascinating, deep, and, uh, yeah... Immigrant trauma. Immigrant trauma. <laughs> good, lots of good stuff yep. there. Um, but <laughs> before we let you go, uh, we like to ask this one last question to all of our guests, and that is, what is something that you're proud of? I think I can look back on this past year, and uh, I don't know. I'm like finally letting myself be like, hey, my talent got me here, not just like mm-hmm. some affirmative action sort of thing at like Sesame, but like I look at like the. Uh, like, no, I did the Nora from Queens thing. And, like, mm-hmm. um, I, really, I just got it because I was a shorter puppeteer uh, versus other people who have done costume puppets. And they needed <laughs> someone to fit in the frame next to, you know, um, uh, opposite uh, Aquafina. Um, yeah. And they were going to ADR my voice. They were going to just, like, keep me as a placeholder. But they liked, they thought I was funny. And so they kept mm. it. And then Nora ended up posting about me on her Instagram. And I'm like, she didn't have to do that. Like, she liked me. She thought I was funny. Like, that's amazing. Mm. And then, like, all this other stuff, you know, like, I've sort of, like, I don't know, even with Chiyoung. And I'm like, I'm just, just, people are congrats. I'm like, I I was just Asian at the right time, you know? But then, like, no. But then, you know, like, honestly, I was listening to Bowen Yang's episode of your podcast, and I was just like, no, Bowen, you did that. You were, like, he was so humble about, like, well, it was the right place and right time and, like, opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're talented. Like, I wanted to, like, yell through my phone, you know, (laughs) to him. Yes. And so I feel like there's been a lot of stuff that I've I've done. And I feel like for someone who's had, like, near debilitating insecurity and anxiety, like, Mm. my whole life— I feel like I could look back on like these past like few years where I've been, even though I've like been afraid and like constantly questioning my place 
and constantly hating everything that I'm doing, that like Mm -hmm. somewhere in all of that, like I was still able to be present and learn and like make connections. And Mm. so this year, I feel like there's like a lot of, you know, stuff to be suddenly proud of um, just in terms of like accomplishments and like roles that I've I've been able to do. But I think Mm -hmm. what I'm proud of is that like looking back on how much like I, I mean, I was just so out of my league and scared, you know, for so much of this. Like, I literally went from not being an actor, not being a puppeteer, to suddenly being dropped at Sesame Street, where you're Mm -hmm. literally working with the best puppeteers of this, you know, Mm -hmm. this format in the world. And you're like, oh, gosh, I'm crap. Like, what the (laughs) hell am I doing here, you know? And even despite that fear that I was able to push through to learn and get better, I think I can be proud of that. Um, because there are a lot of things where I could just like tap out, you know, um, right, I've, I've right. definitely done that I, yeah. in my life, but for this, like, I feel like it meant enough that I, um, pushed through it and, and now I'm doing cool stuff, <laughs> still uh-huh. have stuff to learn, ha- still have a lot to, you know, get better yeah. at, but. Wow. I'm gonna be honest with you. Throughout this episode, I was getting a little bit angry because I felt like you were doing that a little bit. You mm. were like, "I'm just Asian," and I was there, and I was Asian, oh. and I really felt like the like what you felt about Bowen. <laughs> I was like, "Shut up! No, <laughs> stop doing that." We it's, all know you're talented. We can. I'm. I'm telling you, Kathy. People can hear you speaking. They can pick up that you're extremely talented. You're oh. very, very smart. You're very right. emotionally intelligent. You're obviously just very, very intelligent all around. Yeah. And we know that you. We know you got it because you were better than those stupid, like mediocre white guys. <laughs> that you're like, I have. I do voice puppets. You know, who, 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 who like ten years ago he would have gotten the job because his name is fucking right. Derek and he has a coma. But it's <laughs> shut the fuck up, cr- Derek. Shut the fuck also- up. Get out. You suck at this. Sorry. I got Sorry, mad at an imaginary person. I in appreciate my head. you. <laughs> but what's also crazy to me is this you almost never would have that didn't even consider applying no. to that like yeah. initial workshop. You wait till the last minute before the deadline and I didn't think I would wow no, why would they want me I'm like nobody I literally on that first day of the workshop I like rode the elevator with this nice young man who was also going to the workshop I'm like oh are you excited he's like yes and we sit down where we're all gathering and somebody comes right up to him this guy I was chatting with in the elevator like oh Jason like Jacoby like I saw you in Avenue Q you're brilliant I'm like what the hell am I doing here you know no but yeah no this is the thing to what Brian's saying, I always wonder this. Like when I started doing open mics, mm. it was just a bunch of it was just, just, just there's like a few women, mostly stupid white guys that were not talented. Yeah, shocker, no, of course. Um, and the women in were comedy, all super get funny. out of here, all super funny, right? Mm. And I said, why are these women all so funny? And there's only three of them. There's like fifty of the most unfunniest white <laughs> men you've ever seen in your life. And then, and I'm, I was like, why are these women so funny? And why are there only three? It's because for a woman to even step into the door, plus an Asian woman to even go into uh. the open mic, she has to be extraordinary to have the confidence to think that she even belongs there. Whereas in a white guy that's never said one fucking funny thing in his entire life thinks that he's gonna get a <laughs> HBO special tomorrow. Oh girl. So that's why that you hearing you say that makes me mad. Like what the mm. fuck am I doing here? Because mm. that's that's the thought in all of our heads that keeps us from getting on the elevator. God, you're right. And that's why there's so many brilliant women out there, so many Asian people that are brilliant that will never step in the door. And that's why we say it's very important to have the confidence of a mediocre white man. Because that mediocre <laughs> white man is gonna get your fucking job. Just because he fucking 
put on put on pants over his underwear that were seven days old. You That's all he did. And he's going to get that fucking job. And let me tell you one more thing. The reason why I think it's upsetting me, Kathy, I, people like I know when you say that, that it's not true that you are ta- like when you say I'm just here because I'm Asian and I'm not talented. Blah, blah, blah. I know it's not true and that that's just how we operate sometimes as Asian people because we're taught to to think that way but this is the fucked up shit white people will hear you say that and they will think that that's true they'll Ugh. say that she sucks I'm I better should than be her. there my name is Derek yeah I'm a, I'm a stupid loser that uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a white guy I'm better than her she's I taking my her spot job. yeah she's taking and, my and spot she's taking yeah. my spot that yeah. I sh- was born to take because I'm a failure and I can barely read that's what white <laughs> think that's how they think so Ugh. we can't even fucking say that shit out loud dude it's if we it's, do uh, i'm like nodding so hard to everything that you say yeah. i'm nodding so freaking hard and the thing is like it's so deeply it's embedded okay to in feel us. that way it's okay to feel that way just I don't know. fucking say it around them kathy okay don't okay <laughs> no it's a good lesson it's a good staple they will think that's true so like, can i tell you though like last fall you know like the young thing was yeah. crazy. Like the response. I mean, yeah. you guys reached out to me. I like I love you guys. And like the response and the love that I got for this character is like nothing I've ever. I don't know how to put words to it. And my husband and I were talking about it, and I was just putting myself down for no reason, and it had mm. nothing to do with the conversation. And yeah. I was pulling out stuff from the air that had like that made no. It just it, I was just like pulling words together, but they were just like negative, you know. And my husband was like, D- "Are you listening to yourself? It's like you you did this. Like you. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't you just the, it wasn't just like the non Asian people who wrote this character. Like we advocated, we pushed, and like I put my spirit into her. Like it's just like yep." I, it was important for her to be a specific kid, not all Korean mm. kids, not all Asians. She's just Chi Young yeah. and like she only answers right. for herself, right? And it's like I put it. so much of myself and my daughter into her. And then all the other things that I've done this year, it was like this cognitive dissonance that happened because like I wasn't, like I couldn't allow myself I that. I know. I couldn't I know allow, I'm like, I don't have, like, I know yes, it. it was the right place and the right time, but there was so much of me in there that people are responding to. Kathy, it's and my you. husband was it's like, you. it's, it's like you. you don't and know guess how what? to be. Listen, Kathy, I know. it's you. And let me tell you one thing. If you don't own up to it, some shitty white guy's going to come along uh, and take it from you. I don't want that. it's his already. I don't want that, so young tell, me. Say it, say it. Say it for the listeners, Kathy. Say it. It's you. It was It was you all along. Just say it into the mic. It was me, Kathy Kim. I am Kathy Kim, and I am a good puppeteer, and I did this. I made this happen. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yes! We did it! Feeling Asian! Feeling that Asian! That was our episode! <laughs> um, <laughs> can oh, I just I tell it. you guys, can I just tell you guys, like, I love, I love Asian, uh, well, one other thing that I love is, like, just Asian American podcasts, because it's like, <gasps> yeah. I, it's like a, an experience, like, I don't know. It's like, oh, they get me in a way that like you don't get. Like it took me well into my grown up years to know that like Asian American was like its own thing. Not just me in my own head and not like me and my like small smattering of like Asian friends that like all kind of get each other. It's like it's it's a thing. It's a shared experience. And I feel like, you know, and I love listening to podcasts where I'm like, oh, my God, like for the first time, I feel like there's like a network of like other people about my age who like we're all on the same we're starting at the same baseline even if we're all different people yeah and like Mm -hmm. i i just want to commend you guys because like i i've listened to clips from like other asian podcasts where sometimes they're like all us asian why how come all asians are like this beep boop 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 
And I'm like, ugh, I'm not like that. Like, why are you guys doing this to us? But like, I, I think that you guys like balance, you know, being Asian American as like, um, or Asian in general, um, as in like a shared experience without like putting us into a box while like still like, you know, sort of celebrating yeah. us as like individuals in our, in our, you know, own lives and things. I think you guys do it like very naturally and very well. So I want to commend you guys on doing one of the nicest things anyone has said to us on this podcast. <laughs> and like young, we said, we're going to, ex- I'm going to take that compliment. Just want to reiterate. Thank you so much for being on this podcast and sharing so much of yourself with the podcast. And I think a lot of our listeners will find um, inspiration in your story because I think, so I mean, yeah. So I found I found myself nodding so hard, but at the same time, being so upset and angry when clearly you're so fucking talented and oh, so God. good at what you do. I wasn't and, fishing. That, I promise I no, wasn't fishing. No, it just no, like, I know. we know I, you. I, can't I, we not, know you. We know you weren't. But I that self doubt yeah. is a that self doubt is something that I think a lot of people have experienced in in many forms throughout their lifetime. And yeah, um, yeah for you to be so vulnerable and share that with us, that was. Uh, I just want to thank you for that. And, yeah. um, you know, for our listeners, where can they find you and your work online? Oh, Jessica Puppeteer. I'm pretty anonymous on social media, but <laughs> oh, if you okay. want, you can like, I, I'm private on Instagram, but like, as uh, I've been getting more requests, I've been like letting in people who seem like cool and are not bots <laughs> or creepers. So if you'd like to follow me and my puppety mom adventures uh, at cathode, K-A-F as in Frank, O. D E like cathode ray, you know, cause they are, mm. they're in tube TVs mm. and yeah, Kathy. Yeah. That's where it comes from anyway. But you guys Love are it. amazing. Thank you so much for, you guys have so many cool people on your podcast and you guys are so cool. <laughs> and I'm like a dorky puppeteer and I appreciate it. No, you're not. 2022. You're doing it again. Ah, God oh damn my it. God, you're doing it again, damn it. Kathy. I can't not do it. 2022, uh. 2020, 2022. Oh my God. You know what? Is the year that we all you are so take cool. the freaking compliments own our accomplishments <laughs> you know we're gonna I'm take gonna up room like the, we're gonna take up room we're gonna meme. take up this space we're doing it you hate meme language what if i the tyra ba- the tyra banks we were rooting for you <laughs> we were all rooting for you <laughs> 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 uh, you. find you <laughs> uh you guys can find me on socials at it's brian park and what about you young me YM Mayor, Young Me Mayor on TikTok. Follow our podcast, Feeling Asian Podcast, on all platforms. We have a YouTube channel. Find us on Spotify. Leave a review. Follow our Patreon, Patreon, or subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash feelingasian, and you get a bonus episode, and $10 or more gets you a once a month free, free, once a month (laughs) Zoom hangout with Brian and me. Okay, everyone. It's time for some Patreon shoutouts. As you know, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you get a shoutout on this podcast. Yeah, if you yeah, if you like our podcast, please just go to patreon.com slash feeling Asian and then you can just donate whatever you want. You get a bonus episode every week, I think after what, five dollars? Yeah, yeah. Five dollars? And you get to hear the end of the episodes that we talk about being ashamed with our guests. And some ga- some guests are not ashamed, Brian, and that's good because that's, that's good subverting thing. Asian stereotypes. And right, I'm proud right, of them. Right. Um, but you get to hear that portion of the podcast, and then you also get a shout out which we're going to do right now. Who's our first Patreon subscriber? Our first Patreon shout out goes out to Joe McCarthy. Wow. Joe McCarthy just flew in from the 1950s. (laughs) Joe, (laughs) two people still have names like Joe McCarthy. 
It's a throwback. It's vintage. Like a, vintage. Yeah. Vintage Americana like a, name. I dig from it. the McCarthy era. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sounds like a hot, like a uh, hot, like cigarette smoking kid from that was like in high school in the fifties. You know, like a yeah. greaser. Like right. Joe McCarthy. What do you? Uh, yeah. Probably a greaser vibe. Probably the modern version of that so they're like vaping you know in high school vaping and then like vaping. eyeliner wearing yeah oh eyeliner wearing okay you know what i mean yeah but but also is a software engineer <laughs> yeah that's the in modern version in high school <laughs> so joe mccarthy thank you for supporting the podcast our next shout out goes out to alex lim chua we alex lim chua we alex 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 i'm gonna say alex I feel like is Al- a foodie Mm. Alex is a is an Asian who takes photos of all of her food, and her Instagram is very aesthetic. I was think I was getting the vibe that this person enjoys the finer things in life. Like mm. I was seeing like a fancy car. So I, I think you're right. Yeah, right those are right, hand right in hand, the, right? Yeah. yeah, right up that alley for sure. Well, Alex, thanks for spreading that wealth and supporting the pod. <laughs> Next shout out goes out to Andrew Chen. This might be my friend. I, I feel like, oh really? Okay, yeah. can I guess then? This yeah, yeah, person yeah. to me feels like the vibe is like they have some sort of like obscure like hobby that we like no one really knows much about. You know, like puppet puppetry or like not puppet <laughs> like just like making little like models or something like that. That's like the energy I'm getting. Wow. Potentially. I mean, if Andrew had yeah. that hobby, I, then I wouldn't know about it either. Andrew, mm-hmm. yeah. for all I know, if this is the Andrew who is my friend, Andrew is hobby is basketball. And <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> Andrew, the Knicks. Yeah, and uh, works in finance. So <laughs> but I'm who knows? So wrong. Could be could who be uh, could be into puppetry. Might be a different could be a different yeah. or it could be a different Andrew altogether. But in any case, thank yeah. you, Andrew. Next shout out goes out to Eva Hannon, vintage store Etsy person. Mm, yeah, like an online commerce person. Yeah, I'm getting biracial vibes. I feel like this person's biracial. So biracial e-commerce expert is what we're I'm going gonna with. I'm going to even guess half. I hope I'm right. Just the energy from this person, I feel like is half Filipina, half maybe. That's the energy I'm getting. Okay. I bet. Just purely yeah. an energy. Tell me if I'm right, Eva. The energy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, thank you, Eva. And the last shout out for this episode goes out to Jen Kwok. Oh, I know Jen. We know Jen. Jen's a friend of the Jen, pod. Old old school supporter, um, beloved fan of feeling Asian, I would say. And Jen's been through I think I'm Jen's pretty sure Jen's a comedian. Or Do I'm I completely wrong. Hmm. <laughs> well, Jen, thank you so much for supporting her. Wait, what if it's not this Jen that we're thinking of? Maybe it's another Jen Kwok. Maybe this Jen is also into puppetry. Mm. Yeah. Just a rogue, rogue Jen quack. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, thank you all for supporting the podcast. And once again, if you'd like to do so, you can do it at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Um, and that's it. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Annyeong.